0: left right yo what's up my favorite people on earth this is the first episode of 2021 if you thought back to the beginning of 2020 and what predictions you would have made in the first month the first half of the first month first half of january 2020 could you have predicted how shit-tastic the year was going to go i don't think so I think it's very difficult to predict what's going to happen over the course of the next year, especially on a national and world scale, uh, as well as a personal scale. Either way, on today's episode, we're talking about 2021 and what we believe to be on the horizon. Sit back, enjoy, and uh, don't forget to subscribe. I'll see you on the other side. This is Sip Talk. Grab a drink and enjoy. <laughs> cheers, cheers, cheers. All right, welcome to episode
1: sixty-five of Sip Talk. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about 2021 predictions. Uh, my name is Justin DiGiulio. I'm here with James, the Bosnator Boswell, bartender, accountant, referee, philosopher, man of many trades, master of many trades, uh, a good man to predict what's going on in 2020. Um, I just crushed a big mess, so I'm killing for a drink because uh, I'm super thirsty. I wanted to share with you what room I'm sitting in. I don't know if you can
2: hear. I got a little echo. Uh, n- not a little echo. <laughs> so whoever's playing this audio back, it's probably killing But I'm sitting in an empty room. It's
1: the office in uh, in the new place. And there's a the big built-in uh, shelves and stuff around me. I built this desk. I'm working on kind of in the middle. Repainted the room over the course of the weekend. So uh, so that's where I am. I pretty much moved everything out of here so I could paint. And then after this podcast, depending how many of these we have, uh, I'm gonna put another layer of paint out here and work on these, uh, these cabinets. So there's not much in this room. I'm fully aware if you're watching this that there's not much to look at except for the splotch of paint over my right shoulder. <laughs> Which, apparently, when they tried to paint the exterior of the house, they did a really poor job. Um, But that's where I am. James, coming from the messy bedroom.
2: It's not that bad. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, All right. So, it is the beginning of 2021. Uh, I think if if we were in this... On this day in 2020, and had to make predictions about 2020. I don't think there's any way we could have thought it would have gone as south as it did. We would have gotten uh, a lot wrong. We would have been wrong. So what I'm trying to figure out is what can we predict? Let's you know what can we predict this year that's going to be pretty, pretty spot on, like things we're sure about, and then we could talk talk about some things that might you know, that could spiral a little more out of control. Um, I want to start, though, real quick with two things. I want to talk about this law that they just passed in New York, and then I want to get into the Georgia election because the runoffs are being counted up right now. Um, I briefly sent you a text about this law earlier. Did I explain the specifics?
2: No details, just it was a sentence and a half, so, yeah not too okay. detailed.
1: So there's a new law in New York that says in the reason for the law is that minorities and poor people are suffering the most because they have to pay their traffic tickets. And I think anything that costs money, people with the least amount of money suffer the most. But uh, and I, th- I just think that's kind of the rule for anything that costs costs money is that you know people who have less of it, it's a bigger burden for them. But what the law says if you get a ticket, you no longer can have your license suspended if you don't pay it. So why pay tickets? Well, that's kind of the way that I look at it. You know, if if you're in school and they said, hey, uh, you know, if you don't pass any of the tests or do any of the homework. You're still gonna pass. That's fine. I don't think I would do any tests or pass any at all.
2: Yeah, I really wish that they would take a stance like that for the EA or the CPA license, where we don't care what the score you get on the test is. Like you showed up.
1: (laughs) Just the fact that the fact that they're not enforcing a law to me. Now I'm in New York City, so I'm seeing every. I'm seeing every homeless person on the street every single day, everywhere. And I'm seeing a lot of laws that are not being upheld because the police don't want to and because they're very difficult laws to enforce. Um, Now, I'm not talking about jaywalking. That's a tough law to enforce. It's
2: It's also a dumb law to begin with. It is a dumb law.
1: Um, I'm talking about heroin use in the street or selling crack in front of Starbucks. Or, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, Taking a shit on the doorstep of Starbucks multiple times. Someone else would take probably the same person took a shit in front of Starbucks. Not in front of the side of Starbucks. Well, oh, and
2: now that uh, it's been established as a public bathroom. Well, I mean if you if you get away
1: with the ones, why not keep going? So I just the the lack of enforcement of the laws is is something I don't understand. It sounds like what they're saying and i haven't read the law, so i'm just speculating i didn't have time to dig into it i wanted to bring it up though because just that headline headline along with a lot of other shit that's happening right now doesn't make sense but i think they're lagging on a payment plan and then maybe if you don't pay you lose your license but i don't but that's not well, that's Nothing.
2: To, that's not a terrible know. idea to like because if if you're poor and you have a car and you need the car to get to work and you get a ticket that costs you three hundred bucks or something, you might not have that three hundred dollars all at once right now. But if you had to pay twenty bucks a month for the next fifteen months, you could probably afford that. So I'm sure, but
1: you need that twenty dollars to fix your car.
2: Yeah, but again, it's if you can allow people to finance these things instead of having to pay them all up front, that makes sense to me. In in regards to the whole not enforcing the law thing, I got a quick story for you um, about something similar. So last week, I brought my bike into the bike shop and just for some work that needs to be done on it. And one of the guys at the shop, um, I recognized because he helped me out like two or three years ago. And he moved to Seattle. And I saw him like, what are you doing here? I thought you lived in Seattle. Yeah, I moved back. I said, why? Said because it was a war zone. In what
1: sense? Politically?
2: The, so, this would have been probably back in like June um, when they had the, the autonomous zone where like they didn't allow the police in and like they kind of self governed like four or five blocks and everything like that. Uh, so, he lived outside of SeaTac, which is about 20, is... 25 miles away from the downtown. He worked so at um,
1: when you said more on you actually
2: mean more Yeah, right? that's right? what he said. It. I, I said, well, I mean, I, I watched some of the news. It didn't look all that bad. He said, um, he worked in a mall just outside of the the airport, um, in a bike shop, and he said that about every four days, his bike shop was getting broken into. That, like, the police were kind of not. Really being allowed to enforce the law because the governor had said something about how, like, certain crimes just weren't going to be prosecuted. So people just took that as license to do whatever the hell they wanted. He said it got to the point where I, I would imagine he rode his bike into work. He said, I was open carrying a firearm on my way to work and to and like walking into work and everything. And it got to the point where I was like, this is ridiculous. Why am I doing this?
1: Well, you know, there's been. In Brooklyn, somewhere, there's been a handful of
0: uh, attacks,
1: I think, on women at look between like eight and ten o'clock at night in the, in the same general area. Um, the violence has gone up very, very big time across the U.S., especially in, in New York City. I got spat at yesterday just walking on the stairs. That was interesting encounter. I think I was just kind of one of the general masses wearing a top looking like someone who's working and this really rough, rugged, you know, uh, ripped apart looking guy uh, was going up the escalator. I was walking down the stairs and he just shot some shit and just kind of spit in my direction. Um, but just like that. And of course, I'm unchecked. I just walked out I'm like, oh shit, you know, that's interesting. Um, but it was, it was my understanding that there's somewhere in the US that they had allowed they had basically decided they were going to self government and it descended into basically
2: a war zone they were they like, oh. yeah 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 that was seattle that is seattle okay yeah, yeah. that was seattle um, he didn't live in the downtown area but he said he lived 25 miles away or so and and i don't know how believable this is but the dude is honest enough to me. He said that, like, the Black Lives Matter protests that were going on in and around downtown Seattle, 20 to 25 miles away, he could hear that from his house.
1: I, I mean, I, when I was in the city, I have seen a lot of protests from the, uh, from the window of, of the apartment. So
2: I believe so that. He, he said that, because like, I watch the news a fair bit, and I follow the news and I was like mm-hmm. I didn't really like th- the coverage out here made it seem like it was just like this minor disturbance or whatever like there wasn't all that much going on unless you were like right in it and he's like no it was it was crazy everywhere and that's why I had to leave that's why I mean I, I have always, no reason not to believe this guy he's always been honest with me so
1: but, but that's why the idea of staying in New York City was not alluring why stick around in a city where there there's nothing to do. There's no restaurants. There's no bars. There's no entertainment. There's no Broadway. There's no movie theaters. Uh, for a while, I think they might have, or for a brief period of time, they have closed parks. is a weird thing to do.
2: Yeah, that doesn't uh, make sense. No, but, um, you know. Uh,
1: but not only is there nothing to do, but now it's a dangerous place to be Just super, super, you know, miserable. All the drugs, um, all the crime. You know, like worry about getting slashed or fucking held up at night, night point or something. Um, It's not. There's no allure in any, any way, shape, or form to have stayed there.
2: Yeah. So, um, I have have new cold stories. Let's get into our predictions for 2021. If you were to have to place your life savings on on one event happening in 2021, what would it be? Well, okay, that's a that's a good one. Um, I don't have the answer, you, by the way.
1: You hear about uh, uh, Jack Ma
2: disappeared. Disappeared.
1: So um, I think there's a good chance that he either reappears. Or we have we are on the brink of warfare with China. Um, I think I think the Chinese. uh, I I don't know how Biden's going to handle it, but I do feel like what's going on in China is is going to create some bigger issues.
2: So we're not going to war with China. I'm going to tell you that right now. All right, well, there I we go. That, My life savings is we're not going to go to war with China.
1: Well, sure, because the U.S. would shut down.
2: Well, it would. Uh, it, war would call it, would be. It would be World War Three, is what it would be, and well, mm-hmm. and it would be utterly devastating to both us and China, and really the entire world would suffer. Even countries that stay out of it, even Europe, which is kind of in between, and even if Europe said, we want nothing to do with this, even Europe would suffer from a war, like a full all-out war between U.S. and China. It's something that nobody wants. As much as we don't trust the Chinese and as much as the Chinese do a lot of things that deserve severe scrutiny, they're, they're too big for us to be able to take on.
1: I I agree, but I do think tensions are going to rise drastically with China. I can see that, Uh, sure. I think Jack Ma may be
2: kind of the first uh, of... He's a Chinese citizen. He's in China. Of the few straws that
1: ultimately break the the camel's back, or make a camel lay down. So you're not going to break his back, that would be war to lay down, maybe. stop walking. But I think, I think we're going to have some uh, some issues with
2: China. I see that as a big one. We we've uh, been having issues with China for a while. Um, it really decades. It's just they're yeah. getting worse, and China's yeah. China's realizing that with their ever increasing economic clout, that they are less and less accountable to the world as a whole for what they choose to do.
1: Sure. but also things are happening a lot more quickly. Um, you yeah, know, the world is speeding up, change is happening a lot faster with um, you know, with coronavirus and obviously with what internet and technology are now. Um, oh, I give another one I just thought of uh, so I, I want to back up a little bit before we get deeper into 2021. I want to talk about the, the immediate future with Georgia. Which way do you think Georgia is going
2: to go? Right now, political futures markets are trading at seventy percent Democrat, thirty percent Republican. In terms mm, of well, and that's in terms of overall control. So that means if there's a seventy percent chance that both Democrats win right now. It's been a pretty volatile night. Um, if I look at the hourlies, it's all over the place. It went from yeah. pretty much 50-50 all the way up to 70-30 in favor of Republican. Then at one point, it was like 80-20 Democrat. Now it's 70-30 Democrat. So
1: people us let's, let's just put this into some context here. So right now, you have a Democratic incoming president. You have a uh, Democratic president. Uh, House of uh, Congress. Representatives. And representatives. And then you have a, what looks that we thought was going to be a Republican Senate.
2: Well, right now, but, before this election, Republicans have 50 seats. The Democrats have 48. Two seats are up for election right now. In the event that the the Senate is an even split at 50-50, the Vice President gets to cast the tie-breaking vote So, 50 50 effectively means that the Democrats have control over the Senate. If it goes, if so, they need to win both seats in the elections tonight. And honestly, it's too early to call. It
1: is too early to call, but Georgia, again, filling it for some context, people don't follow politics. Georgia, traditionally a Republican state, in a big surprise,
2: it went Democratic for the president. And by the margin, but not by the it's a really slim margin. Yeah, exactly.
1: But 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 it, it wasn't too close to call. I mean, at points at points in time it was, but they basically called it. Um, but it could be that we have a fully democratic um, government coming coming in, um, which would be huge for the United States. Lots of crazy changes, not all good changes. Not all bad changes, um, but yeah, it changes the of political landscape of the
2: country. Well, what the difference that it means is that if if Biden has a friendly Senate, then that means that the Democrats control all three houses of uh, all three like legislating branches of government. Not that the presidency is a legislating branch, but the presidency signs the bills, and so if the Senate stays Republican, then the Senate's going to block just about anything that comes out of the house and very little will get done whereas if the senate is run by democrats and they're going to be able to pass a lot of things and presumably biden's going to sign pretty much all of them so it's the difference between the status quo and really sweeping changes being enabled yes big big time changes although Right now, you have the
1: Supreme Court uh, being Republican, but they don't really start the changes. They don't, they don't create the new laws.
2: No, the Supreme uh, Court's not going to weigh in on a lot of stuff that happens right. in 2021. They're going to be settling stuff from past years, and I don't know what yeah. their docket looks like right now.
1: But, but, yeah, they made a big deal. The, the, the point that I'm making is the Supreme Court does sway, but not as quickly and without as much power. Really. Well, Without just not the same way that the rest of the government
2: uh, does. Um, Let's see some comments real quick.
1: Let me see if if I can run through some comments. I'm missing. uh, uh, I want to talk a little bit more about Georgia. Uh, Let's see in the comments, somebody wants to know uh, how big dicks are. Uh, Josh is asking, do they really sell crack in front of Starbucks? And what I'm telling him is. They sell sell on the side of Starbucks under the scaffolding. Um, Let's see. We don't have too too many comments. If you guys are watching right now, you're listening right now, I want to know what your predictions are for 2021. Because obviously, again, I'll repeat this. Um, If we were in January 5th, 6th, probably all the way through January of 2020, I don't think anyone would have predicted 2020 would have taken the direction that it took because you know, it was a wild year. So, I want some predictions, some things you can guarantee, and then some far fetched things like me saying potential war with China or potential World War III, um, which I don't think is going to happen. But I do see rising tensions. And again, that's one of my.
2: Rising my tensions, far- I agree with. Um... I think we kind of keep going up. I'm going to say here's another prediction that I'm going to make is that the stock market is going to have another hard correction this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the path that it's been on for the last six months is unsustainable and really kind of detached from the, the financial reality of this country. And at some point, I don't know what the catalyzing event's going to be, but at some point, investors are going to realize that we are in a huge bubble and there's going to be a sell off as people take money out of the markets and realize that like the the SPY index is trading at about 34 times earnings historically it's in the 17 to 22 range so we're somewhere between 100% to maybe 75% above its normal which that's just that, That's telling you how inflated it is. Is people are paying thirty four times something when they used to be only paying twenty one times something.
1: Yeah, which well, I, I think is, is why. Well. Let me just talk a little bit more real quick about Georgia. Um, so the two things that happened in Georgia. Well, one thing that happened in Georgia was President Trump called uh, was it, the governor
2: of Georgia asking Secretary him, of State, I believe, uh, state of Georgia,
1: asking him to find. Eleven thousand seven
2: hundred and eighty votes.
1: Yeah, which which I think is the the phone call was uh, wild. The phone call was described somewhere I heard it as asking uh, Watergate to hold their beer. You know, Uh,
2: the phone call has has a lot of similarities to what you would imagine a problem gambler would be saying to his bookie.
1: Yeah, I would say that. I would say that.
2: Um, when, when he when he's underwater, he owes twenty thousand dollars from unpaid bets, and he's asking to ride one more week. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, wow. And then uh, the last thing I just wanted to you know kind of and you're in the south, so maybe you can explain Georgia a little better than I can um, when it comes to the topography of. Uh, your density of if you were to make a topographical map and density, your
2: biggest uh, when it comes to Democrats and Republicans, you would have um, some pretty high peaks of Democrats, and those would be the, the- in Atlanta, and that's really about it. Maybe yeah. Savannah to a small degree, maybe Athens for a little bit because of the uh, the college there.
1: Um, Athens and uh, Atlanta.
2: I mean, Atlanta accounts for so much of what Georgia does. But, but
1: population density wise, it is it's very much more democratic and but it's a kind of a blip in the state because the majority of the state is pretty solidly rural.
2: It's a blip in the state if you talk about land area. It's not a blip in the state when you talk about population.
1: And that's why I was saying you have this weird topographical map that would, you know, it would just be a, a cool way to illustrate the uh, Democratic-Republican breakdown of, of the state. Um, but, but that's why Georgia, you know, you have much different types of a- areas in one state. Um, you know, all under the same governor and, and...
2: I look at Atlanta and Georgia, kind of like New York City and the rest of New York State.
1: I would say similarly. Um, the the country-
2: geography is different because Atlanta is very central. Yeah. New, but in New terms York. of like you've got New York City, which has its own culture and its own thing. And then you've got the rest of the New York State. And when you go to other – if you've lived in New York City your entire life and you go to someplace else in New York, it's like not a, not going to a different state. It's like going to a different country.
1: It, it's – yeah. To me, when you leave New York City, it's all the same. Uh, unless you have like the mountains in Colorado uh, or the Grand Canyon or something. Like for the most part, the rest of the country to me uh, looks pretty similar. And there's a lot of other cities that look pretty similar. Just the, the there are some high buildings in other cities, but they're not as dense. And where they are dense, they're not as, as vast. Uh, as Chicago, the... Ch-
2: Chicago would probably be able to play ball.
1: Yeah, Chicago. I'm thinking, about like I drove through Philly the other day, and there was some. other wow, like, am, I, am I in Philly? Philly's more spread out? But it was more spread out. The buildings weren't as tall, uh, but I was. It was definitely an urban area. It was actually was kind of cool. I picked up uh, an ottoman uh, from like Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace and a few other things. Uh, but uh, it was like a really hip kind of culture. There were some cool bars, uh, and it was a hard to find ottoman, so it's like actually like a collector. That, that address, so so that was cool. Um, but what's the total population of Georgia? Can you search that, and then what the population of Atlanta is? Because that's something I'd like to share, so people can really understand. Again, Atlanta is definitely a much more blue,
2: democratic. Uh, Georgia, Georgia is not traditionally blue in any respect. All right, no. population we are looking at. Come on, ten point six mil. Okay. Here are the total state and Atlanta. The metro, all right. So the the official population is 420 thousand, but when you include the metro area, which is what you really should, then it should be either five million or six point eight million.
0: So roughly,
1: Atlanta, Atlanta
2: is at least more half 50%. yeah
1: more than 50 percent of the state so so there's that uh, i don't want to talk too much more about georgia uh but i do think that that's going to have an effect on where the rest of the year goes uh and i'm not really i'm i've always, I'm always been interested in politics but i always they don't really connect with my real life and over the last few years especially being a business owner um, and being in a city that's changed very rapidly, I'm seeing how the laws affect my life. Um, and literally, knock you know, they, they knock the figures around when it comes to revenue, and they knock the figures around when it comes to uh, I don't know what you would call it, like general mood. Uh, if that makes yeah. sense, like I can't think of a better word for it, but um, but I just see how people are affected by these laws that, that come out. Um, Okay, so uh, actually, my bad. I want to talk one, one other thing about politics. And because I, I listen to the news a lot, but I only have to listen, I just like to have it on the background. Okay. And I listen to them talking about tomorrow, they're going to basically, the Senate's going to meet and they're going to um, go over the Electoral College. And, and,
2: yeah, which is a ceremonial yeah, thing. Yeah,
1: and basically certify by president. But just like you said, it's ceremonial, but I heard that Mike Pence um, was seeking legal advice and meeting with his attorneys. Now that made my head kind of spin real quick because if if I was just going to follow the rules, if I was going to drive the speed limit, what you know? Why would I need to seek legal advice? But if I was going to do something maybe a little outside the boundaries or maybe at the very edge of the boundaries to see how far I could push it, wouldn't that be why I would be seeking legal advice? In general? Yeah. I don't know why else you would seek, you know, if if they're like, oh, well, keep your hands on 10 and 2 and you'd be fine. You're like, okay, let me just ask for some legal advice on that. Well, you. You're planning to move your hands. You're, you know, you're not. If you're planning to you're not seeking advice. You're just doing what you're told to do. Um, so I think we may have an interesting day tomorrow. Um, I,
2: nothing's going to happen. It's gonna, it's gonna be a whole bunch of bluster or whatever. What we're seeing right now is these politicians that are going to be contesting the results of the election are doing so for one of two reasons, which is really one of one reason, which is they are trying. Knowing that Trump is not going to be politically viable in two and a half weeks, two weeks, that they still have to be accountable to his vase because he is he's whipped up so many people that those people are going to continue to vote. And if Trump's not on the ticket, they need to find a way of appealing to them. Trump's convinced them all that this election was stolen. So they need to get those people on their side. Because if they don't, then they risk getting primaried from someone who does believe the bullshit that Trump's been spewing. So you've yeah. got a whole bunch of people that fear a primary from the right that need to do something to not have to answer questions from said primary. Well, um, well, yeah. Just
1: good comment that, that Pence may not be trying to make any crazy moves, but he may be. Seeking, blow, uh, seeking, kind of what his options are because of blowback from the president. Uh, you yeah, know, fair point. The, yeah, so that that is a good point. Um, okay, so more about 2021 predictions. Um, and again, if you're watching live, I'd love to get some comments as to what you think is definitely going to happen this year, where it's going to go, and maybe something that is a bit far fetched, but you think is in the realm of possibility. Um, I got two more things. One I think is very likely to happen. And that is, we'll be wearing masks for pretty much the entire year. Um, And we're not gonna, nothing crazy is gonna happen. It's not gonna be like June 15th, you don't have to wear masks anymore. All restaurants reopen. I think it's going to be very slow. I think there's a good chance that this uh, mutated second strain of coronavirus that has a higher R factor, meaning it spreads faster. Uh, you know, I think there's going to be a. a um, the, I, I think coronavirus is going to last a lot longer still and strongly despite the vaccine. And we don't know yet if the vaccine vaccinates against the second strain.
2: It does. Um, it's the vaccine. So initial studies of the Moderna vaccine, it was 95% effective against the, the normal COVID. And I think it's like 92% effective against this new UK strain. Um, so thankfully, at least the vaccines still work pretty well against this mutation. And to your point about when do we return to normal, um, I would agree with you that it's not going to be Like all of a sudden, like we're just going to be flipping a switch and things are back to normal. It's going to be a slow, gradual process. And my prediction is that sometime in the third quarter, probably late third quarter, is when we start to feel like we're making progress back to normal. The question about masks is a really interesting one because I think that for a lot of people, Wearing a mask in public has become just so habit, so so habitual, that Mm -hmm. I think that even after coronavirus has gone away, I think there's going to be a lot of people that stick with wearing the masks. Well, look at
1: China. Look at the Chinese culture. Same
2: with Japan and Korea. Yeah. Well,
1: actually, I should have said Asian culture. A lot of of the Asian countries, they wear masks in general. Now, I heard it was when you are sick that you wear a mask. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Others. But also, you know, people are less likely to work to protect themselves. But I think that that, that population of the self protectors is going to go up when it comes to mask wearing, especially in the US.
2: I think that the, the masks are going to be here to stay for quite some time, even after coronavirus has largely gone away. Um, another prediction I'm going to make is that things are going to continue to get worse or stay really bad for at least the next month or two at least Uh, i'd say we're not going to be looking at better things until april or may
1: yeah uh question um from uh mj will you get the vaccine james you think about getting the vaccine
2: i will um i'm gonna be pretty low on the list because you know it's teachers and doctors and old people and stuff like that i'm none of those um, so I will get the vaccine at some point. Um, I've got a friend in Charleston who used to be a doctor in India and, and now is doing research at MUSC and working on getting her doctor license in the United States. Cause it like, she did all the things, but she still needs to do the residency, but she has all the qualifications. She, she
1: the vaccine?
2: huh? She has, did the, vac- the- she, she, she's gotten the vaccine and I talked to her about it. And she said that this vaccine is actually very different from the way that traditional vaccines were made where traditional vaccines would have either dead or severely weakened viruses in them
1: mm-hmm.
2: and then your body would see and say oh I know what this is and be able to defeat it easily and then get up the antibodies this vaccine works completely differently where it's just taking part of the RNA of the va- of the virus to oh. kind of yeah the RNA so it's not going to modify your DNA DNA and RNA are two completely different things she explained this to me and I understood half of it and that, that's being charitable, but she basically said that th- this is kind of the first vaccine of its type and it kind of works to directly create antibodies out of the RNA. And so she said that it's going to be much safer than other than more traditional vaccines. And she's already had her first dose okay, well, um, because she works in a hospital.
1: Yeah, yeah. Which is, which is kind of how I feel about the vaccine. If you are a higher risk person, I think you should get the vaccine. Um, and obviously if you're around lots of other people, that would be another good reason to get the vaccine. I am probably not going to get the vaccine for a long, long time because it's not something that, you yeah, know, it's, it's not on my top priority list. Um, just like when I see people giving away, one of the, the common in New York City is there'll be a new brand or a company that wants to kind of gain some market share and keep you in their mind. So maybe like Snapple, they'll have a truck on the side of the busy street and just be giving out free bottles of Snapple. Now, do I want a Snapple? No. Is it free? Yes. Might I want a Snapple later? Eh, Maybe. So is it gonna hurt me to get a Snapple? No. Now, if there are a line, then there's a negative utility because there's no added utility of having Snapple for me, but waiting in the line is of a, a negative value to me. It's wasting my time. So I'm not going to wait in the line. Now, if there is no line yeah, and I'm walking by. I think
2: that's a pretty, yeah, that, that well, kind of captures my feeling on the vaccine as well. It's like, first of all, I don't really want to pay for it. If it's covered by my insurance, great. Also, I'm not going to wait in line for it. If I can make a doctor's appointment and be in and out in 15 minutes, of like here you go roll up your sleeve let's go i'm out sure but i don't want to waste half my day for something that i don't really want to do like i get why i should do it but it's not something that i'm looking forward to
1: yeah um real quick we got a request to join i just want to address that yes uh shoot me a comment let me know uh what you wanted to add and we'll see if we can drag you in on the the video here um but yeah i think again if if you questioning yourself whether or not to get the vaccine. One, are you at risk? And two, will you potentially put other people at risk? And three, have you had it already? Um, Because I think, I was thinking back and I I got really sick in the late, late winter last year. I haven't thought about the dates exactly, but I do know that we had some people in our office that had traveled to China and we had a guy that went to China and he came back for three or four days and he was deathly sick. And then uh, in the middle of the night, he raced back to China on a family emergency. But there was a string of people that also got sick after that. Hmm. And we actually did a podcast where we were drinking hot toddies and I was like on my deathbed.
2: Uh, just bear- It'd be interesting if you were uh, to see if you could get an antibody test.
1: Um, I, and as much as like I don't, you know, I'm not going out of my way to do this shit. If I find it free and I a free antibody test um, and it's not out of my way, or I have a free time, which is very unlikely, um, I'll do it. But like I don't have that. You know, we're going to finish this podcast, and I'm going to go on to work until midnight or so, and then I'm going to wake up and tomorrow I'll take a shower, race out the door. I, you know, I don't have that much downtime to just do stuff I want to do. Uh, so, so I
2: think, I think the general idea is for people out there is you should get the vaccine, but kind of look at it as where in line should I be? How much of how much at risk am I, how much at risk am I putting other people? And if the answer to that is not really to either of those questions, wait and let the people who really need it, get it now. And you can get it in four or five months or whatever.
1: Exactly. Um, so other predictions, anybody who's live want to know what your predictions are for 2021. Um, I've got another, uh, i got another one and uh, well, two. One, I think there's going to be, and I think this is a likely one of the, uh, the next is kind of far-fetched. Um, the likely one is faith in government and faith in news publications is going to continue to drop. Agree. Uh, and with the new technology and the scammers, I, I been getting in over the last year and a half I've gotten more scam phone calls than I have in probably the previous eight years. Uh, And I say that as somebody who typically always got a lot of spam phone calls because my number has always been all over the internet, uh, which is why I had to take a second line out just for work because my number is all over Craigslist. It's all over social media. Um, And I, you know, 95% of the time I pick up the phone and, and... you know, and because I never know who it's going to be, could be a lead, but um, but I get a lot of scams. I've been getting a lot more uh, spam and, and scam calls over the last year and a half. And I have to say that they've been getting better. The scam emails that I get, the spam emails that I get, um, definitely better. And you know, I'll get an email from like a, a T V bank about my password being hacked, and you know, and, and I'm like, oh, I don't have TD Bank, but that
2: looks legit. That- the ones that I think are really devious, I get these from time to time. Are the ones where people say like your Amazon, like check, like you need to log into your Amazon account. We like we canceled your order or something like that, and it looks just like an email from Amazon, but exactly. when you actually hover over the hyperlink or whatever, it's just a whole bunch of gobbledygook. I look at those, and there's there's times where even I'm just like. Hmm. I mean, I didn't order anything from Amazon, but...
1: Well, I, so I got, I got another on the, the scam and spam thing. Is have you, I mean, You're you not much of a social media guy, but now, and uh, there's uh, one of my friends on uh, Instagram and TikTok, May, uh, does this a lot where you can take your face and superimpose it on somebody else. So she'll like, take her face and put it on Wonder Woman. And if you didn't know what Gal Gadot looked like, the Wonder Woman actress, you would just think that this girl was Wonder Woman. Okay. Um, so I think the ability to visually... And they're moving. And sometimes you can go live. Like I can put a filter on them. Yeah, those are called
2: deep fakes. Yeah, I can put a filter on this right now and we could
1: have each other's faces. And it would... No, let's
2: not do that. Weird. Although but, it would be nice... You could, get, you could know what it's like to have hair again.
1: <laughs> uh, so... Uh, But I think that's going to get much more real looking. And then also the voice masking and voice transformation. So I think there's a good chance you might be like, oh, Donald Trump didn't say that. And then somebody could come on and totally impersonate him and make a video of him saying that. And you're like, oh, he did say that.
2: Some point. some of those videos already exist for a variety of politicians. Yeah, I, yeah,
1: I saw them for Obama uh, a while
2: Pelosi, back. Was, Pelosi and Biden have had a few of them done. I'm sure people have tried to do Trump. It's just that, like, you can't really outdo Trump. Well,
1: he, <laughs> uh, and right off of his Twitter and writing, Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so there's that. The, the other thing I was going to add, and we talked about this a little bit, and again... I don't, my biggest qualm with religion is
0: that you just teach people to believe things without proof. So I am a very skeptical
1: person and I don't believe anything without proof. I could call James, I could call you after, um, after this podcast and ask you what your middle name is and you could tell me. And I'd say, okay, there's a very high probability James' middle name is what he just said. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet my life on it unless I saw a, a photo IP in your middle name line. Um, so I just, I always leave that kind of room for error that I just, I have very low faith in things and very kind of low expectations of, you know, fact and things like that. And, um, but I'll, I'll, I'll lead into this. But the point is I'm very skeptical and I like to use as much critical thinking when I get information that's new to me, especially surprising.
2: So what's your thoughts on where religion's headed?
1: Well oh, hold up. Aliens. Uh, I've, been, I've been I've been there was I've been reading and watching a lot of YouTube videos about aliens and the fighter pilots, uh, you know, seeing aliens and all this shit. Okay. I still don't believe any of it. But I'm seeing things posed as evidence that seem more indisputable. And I think that's really crazy. Um, and you know, some of seems to make sense. So I still don't think it's very likely, like, but, but now in terms of being total non-conspiracy, conspiracy theorists um, and shooting everything down, I'm like, well, I'll give that a five or 10%. Oh, I want, some, I want more information on that. But usually there's not much more information on it, and it
2: just dies. Here's my theory on this one, is, and you, you might agree, is Trump's been president for four years. So if aliens exist and we've been hiding all this stuff, Trump would know about it? You're telling me that in the four years that he's been president, he wouldn't have rattled off something about it just because he wasn't thinking or wanted to impress somebody with his knowledge or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, like, you, uh, no. I would I, I would say, actually, if Trump were in the last two weeks of his presidency, to be like, oh yeah, by the way, all of this stuff is real? Here, let me show you. <laughs> it would make the last four years worth it.
1: Uh, that's true. That's true. Uh, so, uh, one more question. Uh, let's see, from Lisa. Uh, what do you think the New York real estate market will look like in 2021. So uh, I'm going to talk to the New York City real estate market and say that the prices are going to continue to drop. For rentals? No, for sales. Here's here's my thinking. I think the sales prices are going to continue to drop. Rentals are the fastest to respond. So I think rentals, I've already seen some big reductions in rentals that, that are coming out this week um or and it's tuesday so uh, i'm seeing big drops in rental prices still i don't think they're going to go that that much lower because they're already pretty low. um but I, I don't see the rental market recovering at all not until we have international travel and companies get more comfortable having people in their offices start promoting and making new hires which isn't happening that much if they are a lot of us remote um, and when students are allowed back in school full force. And I don't see that happening anytime soon. And that's what it's going to take for, for the rental market to really rebound. On the sales market, so sales are slower to respond than rentals. Uh, if you own something, you may say, hey, I'll hold out for six months or i hold out for a year and just wait it out. But you get to that, you've held out for six months, you're like, well, it may just be another couple months. And you've held up for nine months. And you're like, let's just see what happens after the election. And now it's a year. And you're like, well, I've held up too long, but I've already held up for a year. Like, I, I could stick it out another six months. And Question see, for you. I see that's when people are going to decide to sell, and the market's already saturated, so I don't think it's sales price.
2: Question for you for New York City for sales. Do you have? Do you happen to know rough statistics for average time on market? For, for properties and uh, what the trend has been?
1: So, off the top of my head, no. I can, I can probably look it up from my office and give you a good count. But the reason I don't know it is because a lot of the sites had suspended the time on market for months and months and months. Why? Um, because basically the market was kind of at a standstill. So they kind of drew this arbitrary amount of time and just locked off the days on market.
2: Cause the reason why I ask is um, the one of my friends in Charleston who's going to be my real estate agent for when I make a purchase in the next couple of months, I asked him about what the status was. And he said that right now in Charleston, houses are not staying on the market hardly at all. He said that like he's seeing stuff that gets listed and sold within a week.
1: So that's what's happening outside of the New York City just like the Jersey market um, and the upstate New York market, places going very fast, There's very low inventory because nobody wants to live in a dense urban area because they don't want to have that proximity to other people. And also the draw in living in a dense urban area is that you're closer to work and you have things to do. I used to be able to walk downstairs and go grocery shopping and walk across the street and, Uh, go to a bar, or go down the elevator and walk out to the gym. None of those things were possible in 2020. And they're still not possible in 2021.
2: So... Yeah, a lot of the price of living in a city is is you're paying for the convenience of everything close, and then in 2020, that convenience went away. Yeah. So now you're just paying.
1: Yeah, and and it's not coming back. Giving are
2: paying less uh, it's. Yeah, but you're still paying, dude. The the rental prices in New York City, your definition of low is not the definition of low for ninety-eight percent of the rest of the country.
1: Well, I've seen some studios on one in the cheapest part of the city come across my desk today for fourteen to fifteen hundred. So that's low, whereas normally there would be 2200 $2,000, $2, Um And that's, you know, the prior base for the the, the market's not going to go that much lower. A lot of these management Just
2: just for the viewers out there, as a comparison so a studio or a one bed in a crappy area of New York City, and this is going to be a small studio or a small one bed. How many square feet? 500?
1: Yeah, roughly, roughly.
2: All right. So in Charleston, I'm paying about $1,200 before, uh, before utilities and stuff. I'm paying 1200 in rent for a two-bed, two-bath with in-house washer-dryer, dishwasher, garbage disposal, probably about 1,000 square feet.
1: Probably by New York standards, they would measure that more than 1,000 uh, square feet. Also, you have a balcony and a fireplace and parking.
2: Whereas parking alone for one vehicle in New York City is $500. All right. So for $1,200, I get all of that.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, so that, yeah,
2: and that's, I, and think- I consider that to be somewhat pricey in Charleston. There's places that I could go for cheaper. That would be just as good. Yeah. Part of the reason why I'm moving out.
1: And so what, what are your thoughts on aliens, uh Again, for, for,
2: do you think that, that, that
1: we're going to, we're going to see anything new developed in aliens in 2021?
2: No, no, because like, there's no there's no hard evidence to support it. There's strange happenings that defy conventional explanation. I'll grant that. Hmm. Um, but just because something... Just because we don't understand something now doesn't mean that we have to jump to a far-fetched conclusion. There's nothing wrong with saying that was a really interesting thing that happened. I'm not really sure what it was. I'd like to look into it, but... I'm not going to immediately go with what I would say is the least likely explanation. Yeah,
1: no, I, I, I agree with you. And that's and that's a lot of the times where it seemed like, but I'm not looking at uh, unidentified stuff. I'm, uh, just certain technologies and stuff. Uh, I don't know. I, I need to again I haven't I, you know, I when I can't sleep I throw on YouTube when I'm working in the house and painting and shit, not paying that close attention. But The whole idea of aliens has been much more fascinating to
2: me recently. Here's another argument against aliens is have you ever tried to keep something a secret? Yeah. Okay. So how hard is it to keep a secret if only one person knows? Pretty easy. How hard is it to keep a secret if two people know? A little more difficult. How hard is it to keep something a secret if 50 people know?
1: Yeah, it's it's really
2: hard. Now, think about how many people, if, if aliens are real and our government has knowledge of it, think about how many people know about this. And think about how many people you are asking to keep a secret. Not only a secret, but a secret that could make any one of them instantly famous and rich because they've got the information. So there's not only an incentive for people to report this information and say, hey man, this I got some good stuff here. Sure,
1: sure. But also a very big target to be killed.
2: There's, there's, enough, there's enough incentive out there that at least one person would be like, I'm gonna roll the dice. This will be fun. Um and
1: so and somebody just asked, How can it be a secret if fifty people know? Well, if fifty people know out of three hundred and fifty million people children yeah, secret.
2: yeah that's that's my point
1: yeah um, so uh, all right so that's aliens we got masks uh, we got Chinese tensions we got coronavirus
2: we got vaccine Oh I got another one that I'm just gonna go throw out there. say police are gonna keep on shooting black people.
1: I, I think there's gonna be continued police violence. Um, And I think we're going to continue to see racial segregation because people just, people can't. So I've always thought it was funny that, that uh, I don't know how to put this without coming off
0: the wrong way. But you'll see signs that say
1: like support black businesses, and things like that, and I want to because that's generally the kind of relative demographic of New York City, especially when you're like in uptown. But uh, and I think that's a. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's a little funny because obviously we want to support, in my thinking, all local businesses, which much many more of them proportionally would be black and brown people led businesses. Than like Dwayne Reed or Starbucks. Um, yeah. But then I saw an article today, and I didn't open it, but it was so and so says uh, things like, you know, the seamless when uh, I mean, you're ordering Grubhub and it says black restaurants nearby, that, that's a form of segregation. And mm. I, I. No, that's pretty weak. I, yeah, I definitely agree. I don't think, I, I think that people may not go to that specifically because they may not click on that link, but then they'll just order randomly from the restaurant list, and then some more people may actually click on that link. But, but, and it does seem like the fact that we're bringing up race when you're trying to figure out what food you want. To me, you know, if you want to get some Ethiopian food, I assume the restaurant owners are probably Ethiopian. I'm mean, going to Chinese food, I assume they're probably Asian, most likely Chinese. Are we going to get Mexican food? They're probably Mexican. If I'm going to get Mexican food and they're not Mexican, though, I'm not. It's not even something I'm thinking about. I'm just assuming they probably were Mexican, just like when I'm getting Chinese food. Maybe it's a Korean family, but my guess is probably Chinese. Um, yeah, it's just. I listen to a, a radio or a radio. Uh, whatever you call it, a while back. And they were talking about how how it's you know, it's funny that everybody that works at a Mexican restaurant is Hispanic. Everybody that works at an Asian-inspired restaurant is Asian.
2: How is that funny?
1: It's funny because where they went on to go is that and it's not funny. But it makes you think in a funny type of way.
2: It doesn't make me think at all. I, I go to a Mexican restaurant. If I see exclusively Mexican people working there, I say, yeah makes okay. sense
1: but when you're hiring for that mexican restaurant how do you hire and that's where the dilemma is do you say we only want mexican people to work here because that's obviously hiring discrimination and that's the funny part is no, obviously how it works I, obviously when i go to a mexican restaurant i would prefer the majority of people there are mexican when i go to a mexican restaurant like um rosa mexicana in the city And a drink, a cocktail costs $18 and an entree costs $25. And I, you know, and then I go to a more kind of hole in the wall traditional Mexican restaurant. You know, I assume I'm getting a bit more traditional at the more traditional, probably cheaper Mexican restaurant. Not that the other food isn't good, um, but let let me change it up. If I see a traditional looking Mexican restaurant and I go in and everybody who's working there is white, and everybody who's attending that restaurant is white or not Mexican, not Hispanic, I'd probably assume the food's not that good. Whereas if you go to, uh, I went this summer to a Mexican restaurant. They didn't even serve alcohol, but it was very authentic. Everybody at the restaurant was Hispanic, and they served lingua tacos, which is cow tongue tacos. And Lisa, who follows our podcast um, and always contributes, told me I should try, we we're talking about food, and she said, "I should try cow tongue tacos." And I was like, "Hell yeah, I'm gonna try here. They must be good. It's on the menu, and it's a Mexican place, and everybody here is Mexican, so their food must be good." If there's a place to try it. This is the place. But I don't know. I just that that comment about the button that says "Choose a Black-owned restaurant" um, being a form of segregation, like That's bullshit, and maybe you know, yeah, obviously you're separating. You're not separating. You're drawing attention to. It.
2: And no, it's not segregating because it's not saying choose like only choose black-owned businesses. Saying we're drawing attention to black-owned businesses in the hopes that if you want to, if you want to support a black-owned business, it's easier for you to do so.
1: Uh, we're not going to go down a list and tell you
2: which ethnicity owns which restaurant. Um, <laughs> well, you could so, assume the Chinese restaurant and the Mexican restaurant.
1: But just the fact that somebody had a problem with that was. Like, just, like, why do you have to have a problem with everything? Like, let shit live on, you know? Like, let it just, you know,
2: yeah. Yeah, we, we've been down this road before.
1: We've been down this road a lot, especially in 2020. Um, but that's what I got. Uh, and, uh, I don't know, a lot of shit that I read on Twitter lately. Um, but, Lisa, you're right. They, they are good tacos and you the recommendation. Um, anybody else who's live watching now, with any predictions for 2021 uh and then james anything you wanted to add about 2021
2: georgia's 86 percent democrat now oh shit um that's the odds yeah um i gotta pick my latest tweet because uh i thought this was pretty good i said uh living in the united states since the 11-3 election has been like when you flush a toilet expecting everything to go down smoothly And instead, the water just slowly keeps rising. (laughs) Um, Since eleven three. Yeah, two months ago. It's been that long. Yeah. Um,
1: Yeah, I'm very curious to see what happens tomorrow. And I have very low expectations for the country. Oh, as you should. And for New York City. And uh, I don't think low expectations are a bad thing. I think that you know, I think when you set high expectations, um, you're going to be disappointed in in, in most cases.
2: This and is a line you use on dates.
1: I'm setting setting low expectations, but then making the right decisions. Like, I don't expect much for the environment. I'm sorry, but I try to take public transportation when I can and recycle when I can, right? And like, I'm not you know spilling gasoline in my backyard so but again i have very low expectations for big turnaround um and uh, you know i'm not the right guy i'm too apathetic to create a global campaign to fight global warming
2: yeah but you can at least you can do what you can and at least not actively cause harm
1: yeah no, i'm going to take the thing i'm going to do what i can when the choices are, are made to me Uh just like you know, I, like, I try to avoid buying plastic. I'd rather, you know, i rather not buy plastic stuff when I don't have to. Reuse things when I don't have to. Um, but, uh, but uh, let's see. Uh, did James ever get a Twitter account? James, you want to give your Twitter handle again?
2: Yeah, it's uh, at Get Off My Lawn Two Zero Four.
1: Uh, all right. That's. Uh, give up my lawn 204 that's James Twitter account mine is Justin A. DiGiulio um, and then the rest of my accounts are just under Justin Julia. if you're watching this now make sure you like this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify make sure you subscribe, anchor um, and if you want to watch us uh, you can watch us on YouTube and I'll have this podcast loaded tomorrow uh, afternoon so it'll really be nice and fresh for you guys um, but thank you guys all for watching, James. I will catch you later. Thanks, sixty-five hundred. Right. bucks. I think we got. I think we got a good topic uh, for a future coming podcast talking about phobias. Oh yeah. Uh, maybe not the next immediate podcast, but stay tuned because we definitely have some good content when it comes to phobias.
0: So on that note, all right, my friends, you have reached the other side of SIP Talk, the outside. So. In this outro, I want to thank you for listening and watching SIP Talk and supporting SIP Talk. You rock. Uh, We need as much support as we can get to continue to grow, to continue doing this. So please, if you have not subscribed already, please do so. Please make sure you like and you comment the podcast. um, And most importantly, share and uh, message me and let me know you want to hear more of. I appreciate you guys. Uh, Thank you very much, and I'll see you soon.
2: I like PBR. I just got priced out of it.